Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. This podcast is brought to you by the Ready State Virtual Mobility Coach. Dr. Sturette is a movement and mobility coach for players in the NFL, MLB, NHL, and NBA, plus a doctor of physical therapy. Kelly has created a program called Virtual Mobility Coach. Every day, Virtual Mobility Coach gives you guided mobility videos. It walks you step-by-step through Kelly's proven techniques to relieve pain, improve range of motion, and improve performance. Try it completely free for two weeks, and if you decide to continue, you can get 10% off for life using the promo code PROJECT10. Hurry up, because the code expires October 1st. We are back again for a guest returnee. Miss Ivy Joeva is here with us today. Ivy is going to sit down, and we are going to talk a little bit about fertility today, aren't we? Yes, so, so, so thanks for coming back. And just a a quick recap for some of the listeners here. The last time we were on, we were talking about you and your diverse background and what led you into doing what you do, essentially becoming a fertility expert and working with women's health. But today we're going to talk all about that. You've got this new program on the go. So we're going to dive right into it. And we're going to start off with uh, talking about, like I said, fertility. And I'll just tell you a little story here. Over the years, I've been able to work with a lot of different people. And, you know, I had this one couple I worked with years ago, a husband and wife, and uh, they're in their 70s now. But they told me that, you know, when they were in their early 20s, it took them four years to get pregnant. And uh, they said that didn't happen back then. And this would have been the 60s. And they said that didn't happen back then. No one took that long. And it was very, very not common. And it was frowned upon. They didn't talk about it. They eventually went to see physicians. No one could help them. And it wasn't until they stopped trying when they actually conceived. And then sure enough, they had two kids over three years. Phenomenal. It's a nice, happy story, happy ending. But today, that's a much more common story. You hear people struggling. A lot more people are struggling to, to conceive and stuff. So I guess my first question to you is, you know, why is that happening? Why, is, why are couples or even young couples today struggling to conceive? Well, today, unfortunately, Chris, and first of all, thank you so much for having me here. It's so good to be back with you. Today, women are exposed in one month to what our grandmother's generation were exposed in terms of toxic chemical exposure in their entire lifetime. So we are really experiencing an assault on our endocrine system on a daily basis from endocrine disruptors in our environment. These are xenoestrogens in things like plastic, air freshener, beauty and body care products, things that you would clean your house with, dry cleaning chemicals. So it's, it's really, we're bombarded with them. And these directly influence our delicate balance of hormones that are essential to ovulation, fertility. And not only that, but so many of these toxins also disrupt chromosomal quality. Mm-hmm. And this is of course important in, the, in our ability to maintain a healthy pregnancy because one of the most common causes of miscarriage is 
chromosomal abnormality that the body knows this isn't gonna be a viable pregnancy and so the pregnancy releases. So that's one of the top areas. Of course, also, you know, in the last 40, 50 years, our lifestyles have sped up and our bodies aren't designed for that kind of nervous system upregulation day in and day out. The way our nervous systems are designed is to go into fight or flight when there's a threat. Mm -hmm. So for example, the classic example that's often given is if you're faced with a lion, our nervous system is designed to upregulate so that we can get the hell out of there, right? We're not designed to have this upregulated nervous system when we're stuck in traffic, when we're on back-to-back calls on our computer every day. And why would that kind of stress be more detrimental to our fertility? Because our bodies aren't designed for it. And so we're not able to discharge the stress. So Mm -hmm. in nature, when an animal faces a stress, like a survival, a threat to their survival, they're able to shake their body. Every animal in nature will, will go into like a tremor response and then run to safety. And then the nervous system recovers. Mm. Whereas us, when we're in this chronic flight or flight, our nervous system often doesn't have the chance to adequately dispel the stress. And so we're just carrying it in these chronic holding patterns. So one of the ways that can manifest is elevated cortisol, which again, interferes with our balance of estrogen and progesterone that's essential both to ovulation and to maintaining a healthy pregnancy. And then also just in chronic holding patterns in the body, which you probably experience as a trainer, you can see how people might be holding their shoulders, holding Mm. their psoas in, in ways, and this can limit blood flow to the reproductive organs. And is that what would affect, you know, as a trainer form. Yeah. Well, that is that what that would affect, like you said, the chromosome abnormalities, if there's blood flow restriction issues. Well, I don't know that blood flow restriction would specifically affect chromosomes, but it could certainly affect the process of ovulation, the process of conception, the process of implantation, because as you know, form and function are very connected. Mm-hmm. So a structural imbalance in, a, in misalignment in the pelvis is going to affect the functionality of the reproductive organs as well. You know, we can experience this in digestion, mm-hmm. right? When we, when we, what we say a knot in our stomach, mm-hmm. our, our, our digestion is disrupted and we don't digest as easily or eliminate as regularly. And so the same is true for something like conceiving a child. Mm-hmm. And, and how much more uh, prevalent is this today than it was, you know, when I talked to my, my, my older clients in the 70s and stuff, is there a certain percentile today that we're, we're seeing more than we did in the past? Well, statistically speaking, 15% of families across the U.S., couples across the U.S. are having fertility challenges, which is pretty freaking high, mm-hmm. you know, whereas let's say 50 years ago, it was a tenth of that amount, let's just say. But the statistics can often be misleading because another problem that's happening today is we've been bombarded by these modern day myths that we're in this fertility crisis. And on one level, that's true in terms of our chemical exposure and our stress loads. On another level, what we know is this isn't people's fault, right? So that's really what I wanna say is if you're feeling like there's something wrong with you, you're not alone. There's nothing wrong with you. Your body's not broken. 
there's just simple lifestyle shifts, simple tools that you may need to know to get your fertility back in line. And this isn't to say that sometimes there aren't structural abnormalities that need to be dealt with. So for example, I have a friend who had had surgery on her intestines and she's a yoga teacher. She's very healthy. She's been eating organic for years. She, you know, really knows how to balance her life in a healthy way. She's in a beautiful marriage and she wasn't getting pregnant after a year. So they became concerned and sure enough, she got checked out and it turned out that the scar tissue from her surgeries is what was impeding her fallopian tubes. And so she actually needed medical assistance. This is a very small percentage of cases. And part of the problem that we're seeing today is that I like to say couples are going from zero to 60 where they're trying for several months to get pregnant. It's not working out. And so they rush off to the fertility clinic and assume that there's a problem and they might get a battery of tests done, whether it's FSH, AMH, and these numbers might be quite alarming. And they're told that they have a problem when in reality, they're not the problem. Their environment may be the problem. Their chemical exposure may be the problem. Their lifestyle may be the problem. And so I think a lot of these statistics today are skewed and they're misleading because on the one hand, like I said, there is a problem that we need to look at and it has increased exponentially in the last several decades, but it's not fatalistic. So I don't even like to use the word infertility. I say people are having fertility challenges and these are things that can be navigated with the right tools. Mm -hmm. Does a person's age matter? You know, I've heard sometimes before they say, you know, oh, she's in her thirties. She's going to struggle, you know, to conceive, or, you know, if you're with a man and he's in his forties, you want to start having a family, there's going to be some side effects that could happen. Does age matter? Yeah. Well, this is part of the modern day myth that we're told. I mean, on one level of course, at a certain point, women are going to go through menopause. Certainly sperm quality can decline with age. So that's, that's half the equation that we often ignore is that when we look at a couple with fertility challenges <clears throat> for decades now, we've been focused mostly on female fertility, but that's only half the equation. So we do want to look at sperm quality as well, which is influenced by endocrine disruption, right? The the xenoestrogens in the environment are going to be as detrimental to sperm quality as they would be to a female endocrine system. And we're seeing that worldwide with sperm counts declining on a global level, which is really quite jaw-dropping when we think about it. Yeah. I've heard people say, you know, today's today's men are half the man that their grandfathers were. And it's it's based on, on, on the sperm count. It breaks my heart. And, you know, part of this is also testosterone because testosterone is going to be impeded with chronic kinds of stress that isn't able to discharge with healthy physical stress. Like so much of the work you're doing is helping people get into their bodies and putting that physical stress on your system paradoxically can actually help you discharge the mental stress that can lead to chronic stress that damages endocrine balance for men and for women. Of course, with women, we want to look at where you are in your cycle and balancing exercise. I just listened to your awesome podcast 
on exercise for the menstrual cycle. So that's really important for women because more is not necessarily better when it comes to female fertility. Yeah. And I mean, you know, as a trainer, like, like anyone in the fitness industry, we, we make mistakes early on. And, and I remember early on when you, you know trying to hammer down diets on people. And then there was, you know, one time of the month where it just, it never went well. And then now, you know, uh, the research supports having a caloric surplus the week before your cycle, because your BMR is going to be higher anyway, and is following some of that stuff there can, can really allow females to thrive through their cycles. And, and I even do it when I coach strength training for women, power lifters and athletes, even uh, uh, stage models, bikini models. It's like, if you like, we're getting your cycle, you're going to get your cycle the whole time of training. And they're like, I thought you're not supposed to. I'm like, what? Like, that's where we are today, where you you think you're not supposed to keep your cycle when you're training. And that's a, a little bit of a problem in the industry, I find. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a cycle, that tells you you're not fertile. Yeah. So, and, and fertility, I like to say, is a symptom. So we, we're calling it a vital sign, even your, your menstrual cycle, the quality of your menstrual cycle. Fertility, we can equate it with our level of aliveness, our level of overall health. And so when it comes to the question of does it decrease with age, well, certainly there's going to be changes in our bodies as we age. Certain metrics of fertility are going to decline in the sense that women do go through perimenopause, our, our hormones will be changing, egg quality can diminish over time in the same way that the quality of my skin may diminish over time or may change over time, I should say. But if someone looks at your face and sees your face, you might think I'm 10 years younger than I actually am based on the cellular quality of my skin, based on the quality of the tissue. And the same is true for our reproductive system. So biological age is not the same as chronological age. And I may have a client in their early forties who biologically has the egg quality of someone a decade younger. And I may be working with someone in their late twenties who conversely has the reproductive system of someone decades her senior based on if she's drinking, if she's smoking, if she's staying up late, if she's under chronic stress, if she's in a weight category that is statistically known to limit fertility. So I don't keep a strict body mass index chart and say, oh, you're over this, now you're going to have fertility challenges because mm-hmm. what's true for a population isn't necessarily, you can't necessarily extrapolate that onto the individual, mm-hmm. but we do know that maintaining a weight within a BMI of like 19 to 25, we do see better fertility in, mm-hmm. that, in that range. Is, so is there other metrics? Is there other metrics that you would utilize to identify if someone's fertility is high, you know, males and females? Yeah, absolutely. One of them is the quality of sleep you're Mm. getting. So in Ayurveda, which is one of the oldest systems, it is actually the oldest system of medicine in the world from East India. They say that if you, there's, there's really two things that fertility comes down to, and that's sleep and digestion. And if your routine and, you know, sleep and your circadian rhythm and your digestion from an Ayurvedic perspective is linked to your routine. So this is something that our Western studies are just catching up with. This is something that ancient cultures have known for thousands of years. 
that if we have a routine and if our routine is in line with the natural rhythms of nature, mm -hmm. our bodies are going to thrive. So we're seeing this now with studies that are showing that the suprachiasmatic nucleus in our brain, which senses light, if we expose that to the sun, when the sun is at its peak, when the sun is rising, when the sun is setting, it sets our circadian rhythm and improves the quality of our sleep at night. So this is another reason why our modern day life, why has fertility been decreasing? Why have fertility challenges, I should say, been on the rise? Because we're exposed to artificial light. 100%. Sometimes we're freaking seven. And I literally mean 24 seven. When we're sleeping at night, we have our modem blinking lights. We have the street light from outside our window blinking lights. So our bodies are picking up on this. And it's influencing our melatonin, which influences the rest of the hormonal cascade that governs our reproductive system. So that's just one example. And it, it's what's incredible about this, Chris, is that it's so simple. What could be more basic? What could be more, more basic than our exposure to light and our sleep rhythm? You know, when, when you're a parent, this is one of the first things you look at when you're helping your baby regulate them themselves and sleep. I mean, you know, from, from being a dad to infants, you can remember back to that time. What's the number one thing you look at feeding? When are they feeding on a schedule, on a routine? And you throw that baby off, you take a little day trip. Oh my God, there's going to be hell to pay. <laughs> right? World is over. So the world is over. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our body very primal that way. And we can overcomplicate this by doing tests and medications and taking hormones and taking shots and taking pills and all of that in the world. But when we really come back to basics, it comes down to some of these foundations of overall health and vitality. And that's what ignites your fertility. I believe that hundred percent so much. And, and working in the fitness industry, Sometimes things are always going back to the basics and the fundamentals of health. People forget and they want to say, well, they want to know what, what can I take? What can I take? What can I take? And like, you can, you can take, you can take a nap. You can, you can go to bed. You can, <laughs> you can, you can prioritize sleep like you would your training. You can prioritize sleep like you would your, your business, your career. You need to sleep good. You need to poop good. You need to love good. I mean, you can do those three things. You don't, you don't, you don't find people with a lot of health issues, but uh, here in Canada, North America specifically, it's go, 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 go. So everything that you're saying now, this is the, this is what a lot of people fall into. They're doing way too much, too soon, too fast. They're not taking care of themselves by just focusing on the fundamentals or the basics that we did, you know, with, with children as well. But what could someone do on their own to improve their fertility? Could they just sleep more? Or is there other things they could do? Yeah, absolutely. So if we zoom out, what I like to say is look at nature look at nature. And this is a relationship that we need to develop because we're so disconnected from the natural world. But if we look at nature, if you go out and spend time in nature, wherever in the world you are, maybe for you, it's just getting to a park. If that's what you have access to see how abundant nature is when she's undisturbed, she thrives. And we've seen this with COVID how just in the last year and a half or so, when people have been forced to kind of stay home, not be in their cars, not travel as much, not do as much polluting activities as we're accustomed to as a human species, nature bounces back. Asked. I mean, I remember I, yeah, I was living in Santa Monica 
in the beginning of the pandemic and just in those stay at home orders, the safer at home orders we were on in, in California, this, there was this squirrel, like squirrel revolution. And there were freaking squirrels everywhere. Like the parks were being overrun with squirrels because they weren't being disturbed. And so we can really view our bodies as an ecosystem that mirrors the ecosystem of nature. And so wherever you are in the world, looking at the quality of the air in your surroundings, the water, the, the source of water that you're drinking from. And you know, from I'm from Los Angeles where LA tap water isn't the best in the world. So there's, there's you know, filtration systems you can get. Some of them are not too expensive. I had a Berkey, which is, mm -hmm. you know, is used all over the world that does not filter out the minerals. So you can get optimal hydration from your water because you keep the electrolytes in there, but it will filter out any kind of heavy metals or chlorine, any kind of chemicals that might be in the water supply. And then we also want to look at the soil in which our food is grown. Mm -hmm. Because so much of nutrition today focuses on what should I eat? What should I not eat? Good foods, bad foods. And we're really missing the forest for the trees with that because the way your food is grown, where it's grown, influences the nutrient level of your food. And that's going to influence, obviously, the, the impact on your body. So eating foods that are grown in sustainable farming methods, ideally regenerative farming methods where the soil is so rich and nutrient dense. I read a statistic somewhere that, that to get the same level of vitamin C today from a peach, for example, you would have to eat like eight peaches, the same amount of vitamin C that was in a peach in 1950. I'm not surprised. It's crazy. And, and you can taste it right? If you go to the store, the regular grocery store, and you get a peach, usually it's, it's unripe. It's having to ripen on your counter. It was shipped from miles away. Whereas if you go to a farmer's market and you get a peach that was locally grown in season, the juice, it's like, you know, mm. it's better than the sweetest candy. We have, we got a vegetable garden in the backyard and there's certain, certain things that we won't buy at the grocery store anymore because the comparison is not even close. Like why would we spend money for something that doesn't taste good compared to what we're just growing in the backyard using, you know, generic farming methods. Have you seen the documentary kiss the ground on Netflix about regenerative you know, farming? I haven't seen the documentary yet, but those are my friends, Ryland Englehart. When I was hosting my podcast, future of food, he was on the show. No way. I, yeah. When I was in LA, I used to visit their restaurant cafe gratitude all mm -hmm. the time. I would go there like at least once a week. Well, we had Gabe Brown, one of the farmers in that documentary. He came on the podcast here and he was so influential on that documentary. And one of the scenes he does there is he's on the farm and he cracks eggs and he shows store-bought eggs versus his eggs. Cracks the store-bought eggs and he shows the yolk. You know, it's, it's like a, it's like a light yellow kind of material stuff. And uh, it just f separates right away. And it kind of looks gray even. And then he pulls out one egg from, from his farm, right? And he cracks it and the yolk is deep, deep orange, right? And it's, it's solid a little bit more. The shell is very soft, but the yolk itself is solid. And he told me, he said, yeah, I was just making some eggs off to the side. And, I want, and then I wanted to show some of the reporters or some of the cast or whatever. So he shows them and then they, they ate some of the food and they were blown away and they left, they, they recorded the whole document, blah, blah, blah. And they called him up. They said, Hey, can we come back? We want to shoot one more scene. He's like, yeah, sure. So they show up the next day. He's like, 
I want to shoot the egg scene. I want you to do that for me. We'll put it in the podcast or put it in the, the documentary and we'll sit down for, for breakfast too. Those were delicious eggs. And it just goes to show the difference in the quality of food. And that really hit home for me because I remember years ago being in university and I, I took this course just to get an easy credit. It was called Vascular Plants of New Brunswick, the province that I was, I was going to school in. It was five days long and I get three credit hours, which is like equivalent to a full course semester. But you're doing 12 hour days and you're in the field and you're collecting samples and then you're, you're, you're figuring out where they are, what family they come from. You're doing lab work at night. And I was partnered with a guy who was drinking out of a jar. And this guy had a big beard and stuff. And to me, I was like, man, this dude's a hippie. I'm smashing protein shakes three a day. Like I didn't know anything. I was, you know, 20 years old, but I remember then he told me about, he's like, don't buy your eggs from the grocery store. And he's like, if you like fitness and health, buy eggs from the farmer. And I thought nothing of it. And then years later, I remember like spending the extra 50 cents or a buck 50 a carton. And it's when I had kids, I said, okay, I, now I need to make sure that everyone's getting the right nutrients. And then when I saw that on the, the documentary, I was like, oh man, that makes a huge difference in your health. You feel better when you eat that type of food too. It really does. And I, I love what you said about, you know, you, you kind of start to take it seriously once you had, well, but when we become parents, we really see what, what we care about you know, everyone that has children, that's the most important thing to them. And so they want it. In, and it's an investment. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, it's like, you know, a buck more a carton, that is health insurance. So do you want to pay for high quality food now? Or do you want to pay for medical expenses later? Mm. An investment in your future. And I think one of the things that we need to think about when we think about fertility is that this is an investment in our child's future because the way we prepare for pregnancy, both in terms of the quality of our reproductive cells, our eggs and sperm, and the way we prepare our bodies actually influences the epigenetic expression of our future child. So this is determined months before we even conceive. And this is something that people don't think about. They think, oh, we're, we, we get pregnant. Now I'm gonna start eating right now. I'm yeah. gonna but we actually have to think about this months before, ideally like six months before is when our bodies, you know, when that egg is advancing from the primordial pool, that's when we want to really nourish our egg quality for optimal chromosomes for our future babies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's say, for example, someone's struggling with fertility and then they, they listen to this podcast and they're just like, okay, I'm going to get more sunlight. I'm going to prioritize sleep. I'm going to prioritize my body mass and health. And they're trying all these things. They're doing the right stuff and it's just not working out. Okay. At what point should someone seek help? It's such an important question, Chris. And, and again, I want to just say, if you are struggling with this, you're not alone. If you know that you have a medical condition that may be influencing your fertility whether it was a surgery and there may be some scar tissue present, or you know you have endometriosis or fibroids that haven't responded to lifestyle changes, this is where medical support may be helpful. Even something like fibroids or ovarian cysts or PCOS often respond to support with holistic lifestyle changes. So I would say it's not time to rush off to the fertility clinic if you've been trying for three to six months, sometimes even up to a year, because statistically speaking, 
even a completely healthy, perfectly fertile young couple, a certain percentage of couples over the course of a year will not have conceived. So sometimes it's just a matter of time. And especially if you're able to do all the things you need to support your body holistically, like really get to know your cycle through each phase of the cycle. Oftentimes we only pay attention to our cycle if we're either ovulating and trying to get pregnant or if we're menstruating, but there's specific lifestyle tools that you can use to support your body, to optimize your hormones for your fertility through each phase of the cycle. Mm. You know, oftentimes fertility can be influenced by things that we might not be paying attention to, like the chemicals, as I mentioned, in our bath and body care products or that we're using to clean our house. So these are things we do want to pay attention to because in the same way that our hormones are so delicate that they can be thrown off easily with a source of physical, emotional, mental, or environmental stress, they can also be balanced. They can also be brought into balance with very simple lifestyle changes. So if you've been trying to get pregnant and you're struggling, the most important thing to know is that you're not alone. There's nothing wrong with you. There may be a med an underlying medical issue that requires medical support, but that is the case in a very small percentage of cases. So it's, it's unlikely mm. that's the case. But part of what I do is help guide people to their own body-centered wisdom. So this can be really hijacked in our alarmist mentality around fertility that says, oh my God, there's a you know, alarm bell that goes off when we hit 40 and now our fertility is going to tank, which is just yeah. not the case if, if we're doing what we need to do to support our bodies naturally. Mm. It's so, it's so interesting when you talk about chemicals. Every time you talk about chemicals, it reminds me of this, yeah. this one client that I was working with years ago. So I'm in Ottawa. She was in Toronto. She had done stage competition. She could compete in bikini. And she had always had a certain look. You know, every year would look kind of the same or a little bit better. That's always the goal. She'd try to be a little bit more lean, try to blah, blah, blah. But then she moved to, to Toronto. So she'd never lived in Toronto before. She went through her exact same process that she always had, but she couldn't lose any more body fat. She was holding on to more fat than, than ever before. She's like, I've got no idea why this is. I said, I, I don't know either. And then she went and saw a naturopath. The naturopath mentioned about chemicals in her lifestyle. And she's like, what chemicals are in my lifestyle? She started naming things like soap, shampoos. And she also used to do a lot of cardiovascular training outdoors, downtown a city. And they're like, you're inhaling exhaust from cars all the time and chemicals get stored in body fat. She's like, what do you mean? So long story short, she did as much as she could to remove chemicals and remove herself from the city as much as she could for her training and stuff. And guess what happened? She started metabolizing fat the way she used to do it. And I'm not talking like this was a decade of being involved in the city. I mean, I'm talking month two, month three. She started seeing these negative side effects and it came down to the environment that she was living in. Yeah. I, I love that you brought that up, Chris, because that's the kind of thing that as animals, right. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this statement. People might go, what, you know, but we're, we're primal animals. Our, our aliveness 100%. of our bodies depends on our animal instincts. 
this is, this is connected to our fertility. And so as animals, we would kind of smell and be like, this, this isn't, this isn't healthy for me. I'm going to move. Right. And we've seen this mm-hmm. with, with COVID. There's been this mass migration of people out of the city when they weren't strapped to their job and tied to their job, more people working remotely. There's been huge populations moving to the countryside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trying so, to get back with nature. And, and this is one area I'm not saying everybody has to do that. Certainly you can, you know, be in connection with your body in the city and do what you need to do to support your body. But changes like this can be so profound if that's something that your intuition is telling you would be healthier for your nervous system, for your, you know, toxin exposure. That's, that's something you might be guided to do. And so part of the Jumpstart Your Fertility journey, which is my course that I guide people through all the foundations you need to optimize your fertility naturally, a huge part of this is connecting with your own body-centered intuition, which we just can't outsource. We can't outsource it with text, tests. We can't outsource it with medical quote unquote authorities or medications. It's something that as we tune into our bodies and kind of start to learn the language of our bodies, we will intuitively just by our primal instinct be guided to what supports our optimal aliveness and therefore supports our fertility. And so, you know, yes, someone might be doing all these things and let's assume they don't have an underlying medical complication that needs to be addressed with medical care. There's another layer to fertility, which is the mind-body connection. And that's something that's really ignored in conventional fertility treatments today because we're not just machines. Mm-hmm. It's you know, Im- improving your fertility is not like fixing a car. You can't just pour this in there and hook this up and, and expect it to work. There's, there's another layer because as women and as people, our physical health is hugely influenced by how we feel and our deep unconscious beliefs. Our bodies don't just respond to what we consciously tell ourselves, but, but our deep unconscious beliefs. And so in my course, one of the things we do is look under the hood at what are your unconscious beliefs about motherhood? How do you believe your life will have to change? How do you believe your relationship will change? How do you believe your sex life will change? What was your role model growing up? What was the mother archetype that you identified with? Because so many of us were raised with a legacy of martyrdom and sacrifice and mothers who maybe abandoned their own careers, abandoned their own dreams for motherhood. And so on a deep, often unconscious level, even if we think we're ready for a baby and we're so excited for this next phase of the journey, we wanna look under the hood and Mm. excavate some of those layers of what also might be going on. That's such a great analogy, looking under the hood and, you know, referencing a mechanic, what they would do with a vehicle that we're not the exact same thing. Can't put one piece together. I know in weight loss, the simplest thing, like you're listening to me, if anyone else is listening to this or whoever is listening to this, I want you just to picture in your head, your favorite food. Hopefully it's a carbohydrate. One thing that I love to eat is, is homemade bread, you know, favorite homemade, like real bread comes out of the bread maker. It's warm, right? You smell it through the entire house. I can tell you how it feels. I can tell you how it feels in my hands. I can tell you how how the butter knife feels. 
just that thought of me thinking of that, or you thinking of your favorite food, or anyone else thinking of their favorite food, your pancreas just got ready to release insulin. We didn't eat anything. Everything is connected and the power of the mind and the brain is such a huge component. And I know that with weight loss, with weight training and stuff. But when you're saying that with fertility, we're speaking similar languages. What's the language that you need to learn to go to a- Apple store? What's that called again? <laughs> Bahasa. In Bahasa. Indonesia, the national Bahasa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're all speaking different languages, but there's some similarities in there too. Yeah. So, so your course... Yeah. So your course, who is your course for? Like, what's your target person? Who are the people that you help with? Well, I, I work with a wide cross-section of people. So whether you are just thinking about wanting to start trying to get pregnant and, you know, like I said, like so much of this is not just about getting pregnant. We, we really need to think about preparing our bodies, preparing our minds, preparing our lives for pregnancy. And this is going to, again, influence the health of your baby if you if you take that time to really prepare. So if you're just starting to think about trying to conceive or if you've, or if you've already started trying, even if you've been trying to conceive for years and you've been experiencing fertility challenges, even if you're someone who knows you need reproductive assistance, this program is gonna help you optimize your fertility naturally to increase your chances of your desired outcome with the assistance that you receive. Because even if you're doing, let's just say you're doing IVF, those maybe you're using your own eggs. So this is going to improve the quality of your eggs for when you do the egg retrieval. Even if you're doing a donor egg, this is going to support your body in receiving the transfer so that you can have a healthy pregnancy and also on these deeper emotional layers, like we talked about, which can really influence the body and how we respond because fertility treatments can be a very stressful process. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we do in the course is really strengthen your resilience to stress from the inside out with, I, I like to say it's a blend of modern science and ancient wisdom because we use practices that have been around for thousands of years, but will really boost your internal ability to navigate wherever you are in your fertility journey. So it's also for people who may want to preserve your fertility for the future. So you may know you're not ready to start trying for a while, but you want to preserve and protect your fertility. This is this is the place to do it. I have people come to me uh, a lot in, in advance. They're like, hey, I just got married. We want to try to have a baby next year. I need to get healthy. So I can always play my role, you know, in the fitness side and say, okay, look at cardiovascular health, look at BMI, look at body fat, those things there. And I can play, play that one. So people are doing that part, but I've never heard of anyone saying like, what could I really do to make sure my reproductive system is healthy to make sure my cycle is on par, everything is matching up. So this, this is the first course I've heard being offered in this. I've always heard if someone struggles, they go to a fertility clinic. Are there other courses out there like this? Or are you one, you know, are you the only one? There are. I've seen, I've seen a couple other courses out there, but what makes the jumpstart your fertility journey unique is that again, it's not just about the physical and getting pregnant. It's what, what I like to say is we're bringing the sacred back because, you know, we, 
we think of ourselves in the fertility field, again, we, we oftentimes develop this kind of mechanical view of it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is bringing a child into the world is a spiritual experience. We forget this. And it's, it's kind of amazing that we forget this. But I think part of the problem is that modern religion, you know, it, we, we can oftentimes have this association of oppression with even the word God. You know, I've worked with clients that really just have kind of a trauma response to the word God. So I, I don't necessarily use that word, but however you conceive of the divine, however you conceive of spirit or source, life force energy, this is a crucial element in your fertility journey and in your, you're, you're literally calling in life. And so in the jumpstart your fertility journey, it's really about opening to motherhood, opening to parenthood from this deeper, wider sense of yourself beyond just a physical body or your thoughts running around. And part of this, I also like to say, just like we're bringing the sacred back, we're bringing sexy back because mm. it's unbelievable that we've off, we've also kind of divorced ourselves from the reality that conception is a sexual process. Mm-hmm. Even if you're using assisted reproductive techniques, your body is going to know, you know, and, and I, I've had, you know, single mothers by choice, for example, who go into the clinic to do IUI. Did you know, Chris, that in many fertility clinics, they're, they're often encouraging women to masturbate to orgasm to receive the intrauterine insemination. Where's that pamphlet? I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> again, it's like, this is where science is just catching up with, if, mm-hmm. if we were in touch with our primal instincts, with our animal body, this is intuitive, but because we've- That, that can't be true. I saw two rhinos go out at once. It lasted less than 10 seconds. There was no orgasming happening there for her. <laughs> Well, the, the animal body, you know, orgasm can happen very fast. I assure you. Um, sometimes when we bypass the mind and we're not caught up in our human hangups, it can, it can happen much more efficiently. That, that's true. Say. That's true. But, you know, so just an orgasm is just one tiny snapshot of what it means to be a sexually enlivened creature and to have this juicy, fertile energy moving through our bodies. So just, and just to take this snapshot, why are they doing this in fertility clinics? It's because when the uterus contracts, mm-hmm. we actually pull semen up into the fallopian tube so that the sperm can get into the fallopian tubes to fertilize the egg. So if we just look at orgasm as this one snapshot, and then we zoom out and we say, okay, so then what would heightened arousal do to our bodies? Not yeah. only in the of lovemaking, but to nourish our hormones throughout our cycle, right? We have now increased blood flow to the pelvis. So we have more oxygenation that is going to improve egg quality. This is just intuitive, mm-hmm. but somehow we've lost the forest for the trees. And we think we, oftentimes we think we're being healthy if we're doing things like eating the right foods or getting enough sleep at night, but we have to look at what is my sense of aliveness and we are all psychosexual beings. Mm-hmm. As physical beings, part of our beingness is our sexuality, which is just another code word for how alive do we feel? How turned on do we feel by life? And this equals our, our level of fertility in our system. So 
you know, it's, it actually comes down to these very basic things, but it, I, I like to say that the jumpstart your fertility journey kind of brings the spice back into this process of conceiving, which we've really lost sadly along the way. This sounds like a fun course. Like, can, can I take a course like this? Like, if I, <laughs> so like as a health professional, would this be beneficial for someone like me to take? Or is this like, this is like, hey, this is for clients who are looking to have to, to conceive. Well, I think that, you know, like I said, fertility is a barometer for our overall health and vitality. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing in this course that is not going to benefit every body, every body as a psychosexual being on this planet, whether you're wanting to give birth or not, we are all creating something in our lives, whether it's giving birth to the most powerful version of ourselves, whether it's giving birth to our families, whether it's giving birth to a creative project. So all the foundations of strengthening your fertility are also going to strengthen your overall sense of vitality and aliveness and creativity and, and power, your, your life force energy in your mm-hmm. life. Last question here. Why did you create? Well, I was really saddened, to be honest with you, from what I was seeing as a birth doula, you know, supporting women and couples throughout the childbearing year for over a decade in Los Angeles. I was seeing so many couples that would try to get pregnant for a few months and be told that there was something wrong with them be told that, you know, they had this fertility problem or that fertility problem, and they weren't going to be able to get pregnant. And then they would seek fertility treatment. And that can really be a conveyor belt. You know, they would be getting these tests. They would be more and more stressed out. They'd be taking medications. They'd been doing the procedures. They'd be having miscarriages. So part of my practice as a birth doula was I also worked as a pregnancy loss doula, and I supported women through all kinds of pregnancy loss. And I saw that a lot of this was needed because needless because if we would back up and zoom out and just reconnect again with our body centered intuition and our deeper knowing about what what is my next step in my journey to conceiving instead of trying to outsource that oftentimes these problems would dissolve So that's not to say there isn't miscarriages in perfectly healthy couples. That's not to say that some couples don't need medical assistance. I love that you can hear the jungle behind me as I'm sharing, you know, really connecting, reconnecting with our primal nature. But I saw this deep need for people to be reminded that fertility is your natural state. Fertility, vitality, aliveness, thriving. There's nothing wrong with you if you're not experiencing these things right now. We just need guidance to remember, to get back to our roots and to reconnect with our roots. And, you know, as someone who would hold parents' hands as they cross this sacred threshold into parenthood or or into the birth of another child, I would see that what we do before we even conceive influences the ultimate experience of becoming parents because each leg of the journey kind of prepares you for the next. So just like it's important to prepare your body for birth and that's gonna influence the experience you have of your actual birth, 
that experience of your birth is going to influence your experience postpartum. And so we've, we've seen that perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, postpartum depletion syndrome, marital stress, oftentimes increases with a birth experience that was a challenging birth experience where there was complications or potentially even trauma. And so the same is true for pregnancy. When we can support people in the tools they need to prepare their minds, their bodies, their lives for pregnancy, you're now preparing that person for parenthood. And I, you know, that's something that I'm really passionate about because I see what a difference it makes for people's lives, what a difference it makes for people's marriages and, and the health of their future children. 100%. When does the course start? Is it a live course or is it an automated course? How does it work? Yeah, so the live version of the course, which is a live guided um, course, we have calls with me for sharing and question and answer. We also have an incredible lineup of guest experts, which I'm oh. so excited about. Yeah, so I love start- courses like that. I love courses like that. And I've done a whole bunch before where you, you, you get the expert, the original expert, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, behind this door, another expert and another expert. Yeah, I love it's, that style of learning. I mean, I'm so freaking excited because some of these people have been my mentors, you know, and still are. I I just have to do a little name dropping here. So Dr. Saida Desale, who is the founder of the modern jade egg movement. If you, if any of your listeners have heard of jade eggs, Gwyneth Gwyneth Paltrow kind of made jade jade eggs famous. They got some, they got some mixed reviews, but Dr. Saida Desale's method that she developed is it is approved of by pelvic floor physical therapists, medical doctors, obstetrician, gynecologists. Part of the problem with jade eggs is that people don't know how to use them properly. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Saida is like the OG. She's the one that really taught the Saida, you know, the Desilet method of how you use a jade egg to enliven your pelvic floor. Because so many of us have atrophied pelvic floor muscles because we're sitting so much. Yes. Yes. And what we found is even when we're lifting weights, even when we're working out, this cannot make up for eight hours of sitting a day. Mm-hmm. So some of the self-care practices that Dr. Saida is going to share with us is all about transforming our relationship to our everyday lives so that we become kind of immune to both physical and emotional stress. We mm-hmm. develop this immunity from within so that we can really thrive in our modern lives. So that's just one of the experts. We also have Dr. Britta Bushnell, who's a transformational psychologist, who's going to really be holding your hand as we start to embrace these sacred rites of passage as we enter parenthood, because that's something that's really lost. We think we're just going to get pregnant and then be a parent. And people aren't really prepared for what a profound change this is in -hmm. our lives. So by doing this deeper, what I like to call inner terrain work, we're actually influencing our physiology and that's the power of the mind body connection that this course is all about. Mm -hmm. This was so informative. I'm interested in taking the course (laughs) myself. (laughs) What I'm going to do is I'm going to give all the information to the listeners will be in the show notes there. If anyone's interested in registering for this course here, it sounds like an absolute um, opportunity to address some of the adversity that comes with fertility issues that people have. And in the fitness industry, so many people are always looking for more holistic approaches. They're looking for that return to nature protocols. And it sounds like you have exactly what people are looking for. 
Thank you so much for making this available to your community. I'm so excited to meet any one of your tribe is a tribe of mine. So I'm really excited to support you if you need it on your journey, wherever you are, all you listening. So, so fantastic. Uh, Project Fitness Podcast, thanks you so much for coming on. And I hope to see you in person sooner than later. Thank you, Chris. I would love that. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast and your mission is to help other people, please share this podcast with them. And a reminder, we will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.